Well, good morning again. Uh, we, uh, as we do every week, we want to ask God to teach us from his word this morning, and so we will do that. Um, we are in, uh, this is week two of a four-week series that, we're, uh, that is titled Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. And now before we do that, um, I have this to say. Speaking of dark clouds, I want to lament the fact that you had to deal with this uh, last week. Wow. Man. Woo. I went back and watched the video and just felt really bad for my church family. But I didn't have to uh, watch the video to discover that. It was, it was graciously pointed out to me. Now, when I, then once I got this far, then I, you see the close-up. What, that, do you have to deal with that too? Is that what I look like up here? So in the, in the first ever installment of too much information from Pastor Derek, I was wearing deodorant, just not antiperspirant. More than you ever wanted to know about your pastor. I, I am wearing antiperspirant this morning. Yeah. Now, uh, is it me that should lament my, my pit stains, or is it you all that should lament dealing with that? Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it this way and just thank you and hope that there was grace and understanding that both those things, pit stains and that face, whatever that face was, I'm going to assume that you're giving me grace and knowing that's from a lot of passion and excitement about what God is doing through Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> Okay, so had some fun with that, uh, but of course, you know, as we go through a series, <clears throat> there's going to be some similarities, and I'll talk about that from week to week, I'll talk about that in a minute, but in some ways, it's hard not to start the same way every time in this series, is, is I was having some fun with that, but seriously, where we need to start is, what, what do we lament? You know, there's, there's a lot of, there, we sang this morning that God does great things, and I think we can amen that, and I think we can resonate with that. And yet we also prayed that we know that as we, as we look around, that there are difficulties in life and many things that we need to lament. Uh, let's look on the screen at 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For to this you, follower of Jesus, were called. To what? To suffering. For to this suffering you, follower of Jesus, have been called. Why? Because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Uh, as we've said over and over in the, in the COVID season and, and in different difficulties that we face, <clears throat> we're all dealing with a lot. There's things that we're all dealing with that we all relate to because we're all living through it, the pandemic, uh, tensions in our culture, cultural issues and dysfunction, and, and then certainly things that are more specific to our church family that we're working through and things that we may not even know about each other and your individual lives that are difficult, pains, hardships, sadness, disappointment, things not the way we wish they were. There's a lot to lament. So what do we do with all that? This is what we're kind of asking ourselves in this series is, what do we do with all that? What do we do with these things that we're working through and dealing with? Sorry, <clears throat> I'm going to drink some more water. Got a frog in the throat. <clears> throat> When we, um, it's still there. <laughs> when we experience frustration 
when we experience sorrow, when we experience disappointment, church family, does that give us permission to spiral into bitterness and anger? When we are hurt, when we are mistreated, well, we must fight fire with fire, right? I'm sinned against, so I should sin back. No? <laughs> Let's keep going in 1 Peter 2, the very next verse. Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Church family, who is the only one who judges justly? Our Father, our Father in heaven. As Jesus followers, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> as Jesus followers, difficult circumstances don't give us a license to act however we want. Followers of Jesus are to live out the ways of Jesus. Our response to life's hardships, what is it that you're enduring? What is it that you're working through? What are your disappointments and sorrows? What are some of the things that are broken in your, in your experience of life right now? Our response to those things must be following Jesus' example in how we deal with them. Our, our difficulties and hardships and pains and trials um, don't give us a reason to handle things our own way. What are those things you're going through? What are those things that are very painful right now? What, are we tempted to handle things in our own way? Do we think that our difficulties give us excuse to go against Jesus' commands of how we respond and interact and care for one another? Now, I'm not excusing the sin of others against you. We're not excusing the sin of others, and, and that's a large part of the brokenness of the world we experience is because of the entrance of sin into the world, and things are not as they should be, and God will set all things right some glorious day in the future. So I'm not excusing the sin of others against you, but with God's help, we can. I believe we can. I know we can, by the Spirit of God living within us, interact with and respond and, and deal with the difficulties that come across uh, come through our lives in a way that glorifies God. There is a better way. There is a way through with his help. So, so we've covered well here in, in last weekend, this morning, that if lashing out is not the way, if going our own way and, and trying to solve it ourselves is not the solution, if spiraling into rage or, or against God or bitterness, if, the, if that is not the way to go, what do we do? How do we follow Jesus' example through suffering? How do we follow Jesus' example to entrust ourselves to the only one who judges justly? We, do you, do you see the difference there? We're worried about what others think and what others' judgments of us are and what others pursue to be, perceive to be true. And, and, and we worry then about how we're going to come across to them. And Jesus is saying, Jesus' example is to entrust himself to the only one who judges justly. So how do we do that? Well, one way we're suggesting in this four-week series, one way that we learn to entrust ourselves to our great God is through lament, is through learning prayers that, 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 uh, that also express our lament. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. 
We're asking God in this series to teach us that, that our prayers can include lament, prayers in pain that are honest and that are humble and that help us to work through our difficulties and yet take us closer to God, not further away. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. And so we're in this four-week series called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I want to just tell it every time and be very clear about this time, this, that this series name is Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy because it's very much inspired by and adapted from a book of the same title by an author and a pastor named Mark Vrogrup. And so, so these, these ideas are got from, from the wisdom of God's word. And these ideas in my, in my messages this morning in these four weeks are, are very much founded in God's word and with a lot of, and I'm getting a lot of help from this pastor and author who has written a great book on lament prayer. And uh, I, so I'll, I'll share just again briefly that some of you know that I just recently returned from several weeks of, of respite leave uh, for, for healing and recovery from the difficulties that, that, uh, that all of us have been through, but that my wife and I have experienced as well as part of our time away. Amy, my wife, and I uh, had an opportunity to go to a pastoral intensive, three, four days of intensive counseling for, pastoral, uh, for pastors and spouses, and we were recommended this book, and we were recommended that lament was an area we could grow in so that we could rest in God despite our circumstances. And so I want you to know that I'm just like, I'm just a couple chapters ahead of you, so to speak. I, I'm, I'm passing along what God is encouraging me with, I'm a couple chapters ahead in the book, literally, but, but, but also figuratively, I'm, only, I'm, only a, I'm barely a step ahead in my spiritual journey in learning from God what lament is, and, and I'm so thankful for this opportunity, and I'm already seeing its benefit in my life, so we decided to do this together as a church family and pass that along to you, and I pray that it's a helpful, um, a helpful thing for you as well. So for us, for Amy and I, and I hope for all of us as a church family and for you, no matter what you're going through, what it is individually or as a family or as a church family or as a culture that we're facing, for us and for you, lament can be a path from, from hard to God's promises. It can be a path from heartbreak to hope. Lament is the path between life is hard and God is good. So lament is how we get there. We know God is good and we know we can rest in him and we know we can rejoice and we know we can praise God the Father in our songs. How do we get there? We get there through working it through with lament. <clears throat> so there's lots of ideas in these four weeks that um, that, that tie the series together. It makes sense, right? When we're in a series, there's going to be things each week that, that overlap and that tie the series together. So I can't help, but there's going to be some things that are re repeated, things you've heard already last week or things I say again next week, but let's be honest, you don't remember last week's sermon anyway, so I don't know if I do. So I would encourage you, though, when, when we're in a series like this, it's most helpful to, to track with all of it. And so if you can be here every Sunday, be here. And if you miss it, uh, our messages are on YouTube, on Facebook. You can go to the website. You can ask us for help. Uh, there's ways to get caught up. And I really think that God will have a lot for us as we process this whole kind of series together. Um, so quickly, as I did last week, I'll highlight these four components. The author of Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy suggests that lament prayers 
include four components, and we, you don't always see them in this order. You don't always see every, every one of them. When we go to the Psalms in our Bible, when we read Psalms, we're reading a songbook. We're reading a book of poetry. And so it's not logical, uh, it's not all just a certain framework, but he suggests, Vrogrup suggests, that lament psalms include four components. And I feel like as I read through the psalms, knowing these four components is really helping me to see what the, what the person is praying who wrote the psalm. And to see these different components is helping me with my own then prayer language. And so I'm hopeful that as we learn these four components together, and as you read through the psalms, and you come across a lament, you will see how, how these four components are in there and how that can model for us how we can pray through our difficulties. By the way, you having a chance to read one psalm a day? I, I, uh, I issued a challenge, an encouragement uh, last Sunday that as a church family, I would love it if we were reading one psalm a day. And, if, and it's a great way to ha- begin a habit in your Bibles if you don't already have one or add this to your Bible reading routine, one psalm a day. One out of every three, one-third of the 150 psalms are lament psalms. And so let's read them all. And if you didn't start yet, no problem. Start today, start tomorrow. We don't have to be on the same number together. But as a church family, we'll journey through the psalms in the coming weeks. And as we learn these four components, I think they're going to jump out at you. And it's going to help you to pray accordingly. So last Sunday, we emphasized the component called turn. Turn to God in prayer. No matter the circumstances, no matter our suffering, keep running to God. Don't give him the silent treatment. Keep reaching out to him. Don't let our pain become a pit where we're stuck. Keep turning to him. Pain, lament is a prayer in pain that leads to to trust. Pain can be a platform that, that heads us toward trust with God. Today, we're going to emphasize the second component of lament prayers, which is complain. We'll get to that in a minute. Next week is ask boldly. This is the step of of lament prayers where you see the psalmist, the, the writer, boldly asking God to act. Asking God to do something, but asking in a way that's according to what they know to be true about God and his promises. So it's not us demanding. It's not us telling God what to do, although sometimes the psalms sound like it. God, act. We know you are this way. We know this to be true about you, so do something. And then then the following week, we'll look at the last of the four components, trust. Choose to trust. Instead of suffering, causing us to stay stuck in complaining or, or asking these questions, lament, we want lament to be a process. We want lament to be a platform that moves us toward trust, resting in God. So as you look at those four components, four elements of a lament prayer, the caution I gave last week and I'll give again is that we don't want to take these as four easy steps to a pain-filled life. Pray this and everything will be okay. It's not a formula, but it is an example for us of a way that we can entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly. It is helping us have language in our prayers and know how we can approach God. It is Um, a way that we can lean into God and depend on him because lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Um, There are resources available on our website 
if you go to our website or if you go to the Church Center app and you click on news and updates, you'll see there's lots of great things I posted there, um, resources for Dark Clouds Deep Mercy, and there's a podcast, and there's a video you can watch, and there's books you might want to read for extra learning. Uh, all of this I would encourage you to do. The more we put into it, the more we'll get out. The more you work with God on this, the more you're going you're gonna to benefit from what he's teaching you. So just I put these resources there for your uh, use. That also includes that you'll find there some reflection questions for each week. And perhaps you work through those individually in your times with God. Work through some of those reflection questions and allow this what we're learning together about lament to go from head to heart. Or perhaps you meet with a group each week and you could work through those questions together. So we're going to ask God to continue teaching us to lament this morning. Open your Bible, if you would, to Psalm 10. Grab your Bible. Uh, we are not going to have Psalm 10 on the screen. Love you to have your Bible with you in your lap or open your um, Bible app on your device and turn to Psalm 10, if you would. And today, as we take a look at Psalm 10, we're going to take our closer look at that second element, complain or bring your complaints. Last week, it was turn to God, keep going to him. This week, it's, we're emphasizing that second component of bring your complaints. Now, there's a couple options here, two ways that you could possibly react at this point of the message. You could tune out because, I got this, I know how to complain. <laughs> you could tune out and think, I got this, I know how to complain, so I'm not going to listen. Or, uh, you could, man, you could be a little too excited right here because you think you're about to be instructed about how to complain. <laughs> so let's see what God has for us. There's appropriate complaint. There's biblical complaint. And, and there, there are ways in which that would turn to sinful complaint. Um, all right, so as we think about complaining, right before I read the first couple of verses of Psalm 10, as we think about complaining, remember where we are. Rather than denial... When we face difficulties, when we face hardship, when we're mistreated, when we have something that we want to lament, something that's hard, we, we could be in denial, everything's fine, I don't want to deal with that, I want to stuff it, I want to move past it, I want to pretend it never happened. There's that option, where we, we're not really honest with God about it, we're not honest with others about it. Another option of reacting to things in life that are difficult might be anger, to funnel our anger at God to shout at him and complain in that sense. But there is a godly version of complaint. There is a biblical way to complain. There is a component of lament prayers that, that God, God gives us examples of in his word. So, so these, these must not go against him. These must not go against his ways. There are ways to express our disappointment that lead toward resolution. They don't just spiral us into anger or, or cause us to be in denial, but there is a way to complain that takes us closer to God. Lament, as we've said already this morning, lament is, is, uh, is the way that we live between the fact that life is hard and that God is good. It's the way we live between the circumstances we, we, we face and trusting ultimately that God is sovereign over all things. Lament is between pain and promise the hurts of our lives, and the promises of God that are good and that his purposes will prevail. So Psalm 10 begins with two complaints. Look at Psalm 10, verse 1. 
Psalm 10 jumps right in, starts with complaints. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Can you relate to that situation, perhaps? Can you relate to asking those questions? Why, O Lord, do you stand away? Far away, why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? It seems that the writer, the psalmist, is dealing with some kind of injustice. Something's not right. Something doesn't seem fair to him. And and not only that, but in whatever this injustice that the writer is facing, he's struggling with why God's not doing anything. Why God seems far away. So in this case, in this particular psalm, this complain component, is taking the form of questions. In this lament psalm, the writer's honest complaint to God is in the form of these tough questions. And so one of our takeaway points last week is the same as one of our, is this, is this takeaway this week. Bring your questions. When you go to God in prayer, when, you are, when you're desiring to work through the difficulties that you're facing, when you're wanting to lament, it's okay. Bring your questions. Because what's going on with this psalmist who wrote this? The God that he knows, the God who is known as being with his people, the God who led them through the water and through the wilderness, the God who this this psalmist knows to be a God who is with them, a God who rescues, a God who cares for his people. And yet, whatever he's going through right now, the psalmist is saying, man, you seem distant, God. Do you relate to that? Do you relate to that? Feeling at times like the God that we know to be close, the, the God that we know loves us and cares for us, but, but that's not our experience at times. We might, we might feel he's far. And, and does that then lead us to think that he's no longer helping me? He's not near. He feels far, and so he must not be helping. He must not be working. Before we fix those feelings, before you feel like you have to fix those feelings in yourself or before you have to fix it when someone else articulates that kind of pain to you, let's just first acknowledge it's okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be experiencing pain. It's okay to be lamenting. It's part of our journey of faith. It takes faith to lift our hands and praise no matter what our circumstances are. It takes faith to come to God in prayer even when he seems distant. So before we rush each other to fixing it, to rejoicing, to considering it all joy in their trials, that's going to come. That is the goal. You'll see when we get to the fourth component of lament, it's to trust God. So yes, I want you to trust God. Yes, I want you to help each other trust God. But when you're experiencing pain and you're articulating that to one another, first of all, it's okay Those feelings are are good and understandable and normal and part of the journey of faith. Our complaint, the complaint component of lament prayer, gives voice to our difficult questions. It's a place for our difficult questions to go. Instead of stuffing them, instead of pretending I don't have them, instead of pretending I'm having a hard time, pretending I'm not having a hard time, complaint gives voice to our difficult questions. And, And church family, God is not surprised. Do you know that? 
I mean, we say it, I think we say, God is so great, he's over all, he sees all, he knows all, he knows my thoughts, he knows my heart. We say that, and then do we know that, though? That God is not surprised by your painful, tough questions of him? That God is not surprised by your pain? He can take it? So look at, uh, real quickly on the screen, we're going to scroll just through a few examples. I want you to see it's not just in Psalm 10, but throughout the Psalms, I want you to see examples of these questions that are complaints can take the form of questions. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's an Old Testament psalm, later quoted by who? Jesus himself while on the cross, which means that Jesus lamented, and a component of lament is complaint. So guess what Jesus did? He complained, but he didn't sin. But he complained, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Psalm 44, awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Anybody ever feel like that? God is distant, wake up, help me out. Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Psalm 88, why do you hide your face from me? And we don't just see why questions in lament complaints, we see how questions. Psalm 13, how long? Oh, Lord. Because sometimes the things that we go through seem like they're going on and on. How long, O oh Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Psalm 74. How long, O oh God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? So these are sometimes difficult for us to read, and sometimes it's so then it's def- if it's difficult for us to read, then sometimes I think it's especially difficult for us to imagine praying in this way. Well, maybe we haven't been given that permission before. Maybe we haven't read the Psalms in such a way that we recognize that the Psalms are a model for us and give us language to our prayers. And we're actually a little uncomfortable sometimes with the idea of talking to God that way. But lament can remind us of the greatness of God. Even as we tell him the truth and complain a bit, it can remind us of the greatness of a God who not only hears, who cares, and who can handle it. He's not surprised. We can go to him, and he can handle our pain, our self-pity, our blaming of him or others. He can handle our fears. So lament while we might be uncomfortable with it, while we're not sure we should complain, lament is actually an opportunity to know the greatness of a God who loves and cares and sees and responds and knows and listens and gets it and is not surprised. Mark Vrogrup, the author of that book I'm referring to, wrote this, these psalms give us permission, even encouragement, to lay out our struggles, even if they are with God himself. Permission to lay out our struggles in prayer, even if our struggles are with God himself. So, church family, this is what we're trying to ask God for help with, is rather than, um, rather than, 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 than these complaints becoming a barrier to our relationship with God, this, this morning as we emphasize this second component of lament prayer, as we emphasize complaint, we're trying to say, hey, we, we, we don't want that to become a barrier to our relationship with God. Instead, we got to know that laments, uh, our honest laments, even tough questions, are a way to draw closer to God. 
are a way to draw near, are a way to show trust, are a way to exercise our faith. So as we go to God, I mean, do you find this to be true about prayer? As we go to him, we have an opportunity for our hearts to be aligned with his. He can take it. He, he can listen. He understands. He's not surprised. I keep going to him, even if it includes my complaints, even if it includes tough questions. And the more I go to him, the more I give myself an opportunity to be aligned with him. So in addition to asking tough questions, a takeaway for us this morning is that we can tell God our frustrations. We see that modeled in, this, in Psalm 10 as well. Psalm 10 started with complaints in the form of questions. And here we see that we can also tell God our frustrations. So it can be help, another, another helpful way to deal with our pain is to, is to be honest with God about it. Verse 2, chapter, uh, Psalm 10, verse 2. In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek God. All his thoughts are, there is no God. So what's happening? Why is this in the psalm? Why is the the writer of this psalm saying these things? The psalmist is fired up about the arrogance and the extremely poor behavior of this wicked person. He's fired up, and so he's telling God his frustrations. He's telling God what he observes about this person, and there seems to be no justice. In fact, verse 5 says that this person, the wicked person, it seems like he just prospers all the time. God, I see his actions, and yet it seems like everything's going good for him. And then verses 6 to 10 continue to list how the sins of this oppressor, of this wicked person, verses 6 through 10 continue to list these sins and how they seem to go unchecked, how they seem to go unpunished. In 6 through 10, we see things like, you know, this this wicked person won't meet, he doesn't think he's going to meet adversity. He's filled with cursing, deceit, and oppression. He murders the innocent. He lurks so that he may seize the poor. The helpless are crushed sink down and fall by his might. And then verse 11, this oppressor, this wicked person even says this, God's forgotten. He's hidden his face. He'll never see this stuff I'm doing. As if he's going to get away with it. So, so the writer of the psalm is, is, is telling God his frustrations with what he sees in this person and his behavior and is going against God and And yet he seems like everything's going fine for him. And it seems like it looks like he thinks he's going to get away with it. And so where does that leave the psalmist? Where would that leave you and I in that situation? And and again, apply it to what you're going through. What is the hardship or trial or suffering or difficulty that you have been enduring now or recently? And and where where would this leave you if you were praying these things, these observations, these frustrations, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere? The psalmist may be praying from feeling pretty powerless, feeling like there's nothing he can do. And yet, here's what Mark Vrogup writes. Look on the screen. Rather than allowing painful circumstances to rule him, the psalmist, rather than allowing painful circumstances to rule him, which would create bitterness or despair, The psalmist lays out his angst. 
The frustrations expressed in lament push him further toward God, not away. So, lament includes complaint. And, 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 and raging anger at God would be sinful complaint. Uh, accusatory complaining, accusing God, questioning his character, going against him from our hearts would, would be sinful complaint. So there are ways that we, we need to be careful the way we approach God. But lament does include complaint. So, so there must be a right way, a good way, a biblical way of complaining. So let's keep some things in mind. This is not permission to be angry with God. You can ask your questions if you come with humility. Come with humility. Not with an accusing heart, not with, a, not with suspicion against God, not with bitter rage against God. But you can ask your questions if you come with humility. Come with your pain, not your pride. Another thing to keep in mind is that we can pray the Bible. If you're not sure how to pray, pray the Bible. Like, I, I don't feel very equipped to pray sometimes. Sometimes I don't know what the words are. Sometimes I don't even know how to identify my feelings and what I'm, what I'm going through. But I can read the Psalms, and I can come across a lament psalm that resonates with my heart. And you might even want to memorize that lament psalm that articulates where you are, that expresses to God what you're experiencing. We can pray the Bible when you're not sure the words of how to lament Go to God's word, one-third of the 150 psalms are laments, and look for one that expresses what you're going through. And let that, let that give you words. Let that give us prayer language as we learn how to talk with God. Another thing we can keep in mind to complain in, a, in the right way is that we can remember that um, God's not surprised by what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what your questions are what your frustrations are, so be honest. He's not surprised, so you can tell him everything. You can tell it all. And then, while, while complaint is a component of lament, while we've learned that last week that we, to lament, we keep turning to God, turn to God, turn to God. This week we're emphasizing that complaint is, a, is an aspect, is a component of lament prayer. But here's a thing to keep in mind. Don't get stuck there. Lament prayers are not complaints and complaints and complaints only. If a lament prayer is a pit for our pain and we never get out of that pit, that's not good. Let's ask God to help us not be stuck at complaint that we want to move on to asking boldly and we want to move on to choosing trust, the components of lament prayer that we will um, study together in the next uh, couple of Sundays. So lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Um, here's what I want to, uh, as we close here, I want to encourage you to apply this a little bit. What, what do you, when you experience difficulty, when you're going through a hardship or a trial or suffering or, or being mistreated or, or, or just you're experiencing frustration with the way the world is, you have disappointment, you have sorrow about things that you're experiencing or things that you're going through. 
what rises up in you? How do you feel in those times? We need to like monitor our physiology sometimes. I think our physiology gives us some clues sometimes when we need God, <laughs> doesn't it? Because when I'm experiencing frustration or disappointment or mistreatment or suffering or I'm, I'm frustrated and things are not the way they should be, uh, you might feel those rise up in you, right? And do you ever feel like those feelings are, are, have got a grip on you and, and you're not going to be able to let go, you're not going to be able to move past it, just me? No? Anybody ever feel like those feelings kind of grip you to where you're not sure you're going to be able to get through it or get past it? Lament. Let's lament. And I think what we're going to find, I believe this, I'm starting to experience it. I'm only a couple of chapters ahead of you, remember? But I believe that what's going to happen is as we tell God about those things, as we learn to lament, as we keep turning to him, as we bring our complaints, as we ask bold questions, as we choose to trust, we're going to find that those things don't have quite the grip on us. They're, they're going to be bothersome. They're going to be disappointing. There's going to be sadness that we're going to experience. But I think we're going to find as we lament, as we take it to God, that those things are going to have less of a grip on us, less hold on us. Church family, there is a way to life now, rich, full, meaningful, abundant life now. There is a way to joyous, rich, abundant life now. Church family, there is a way to life eternal in the presence of God there is a way, and his name is Jesus. And as we go to Jesus, as we keep going to him, as we bring our complaints and we ask our bold questions, and as we choose trust, lament is, is a path through circumstances to hope. There is a way to life now and life eternal, and his name is Jesus, and there is a way to deal with our sorrow and our disappointments and our hurts and our offenses and our, and our disappointment. There is a way through difficulty into trust, through discouragement to hope, through life's hard circumstances to God's ultimate sovereignty. And it's, and it's turning to Jesus. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for an opportunity to gather as a church family every Sunday. We are so thankful for a God who, who loves us. Father God, we, we want to acknowledge together this morning that life is hard, but we know that you are good. Father God, we want, to, we want to tell you our frustrations honestly this morning. We want to acknowledge the fact that life on earth on this side of eternity can be chaotic and frustrating and sorrowful. But God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, there is so much swirling around us and swirling inside of us that is difficult and hard and broken. But you are good all the time. So if God, in the midst of difficult circumstances, would you show us a better way to live, a better way to respond, the better way to endure. God, instead of us being sucked into the way the world handles difficulty, instead of us spiraling into bitterness or rage, God, would you show us the better way of following Jesus 
of obeying Jesus, of living for Jesus, of having our lives conform to the image of Christ, that our words and our actions would be increasingly Jesus-like? God, thank you that there is a path from heartbreak to hope. Thank you, God, that there is a path from the difficult circumstances we endure to still trusting and following a good God. So God, teach us to learn to lament. When we come to you with with tough questions and honest frustrations, would we be humble and honest? God, teach us to express our grief, our sorrow, our disappointment, even with complaint, even with tough questions, but would you teach us to express those in a way that that is a path toward resolution, a path toward trust in you. So Father, thank you for making a way to life now and life eternal. Thank you for making a way that we can be in relationship with you, that we can be adopted into your family. Thank you for sending your son, our rescuer, the Lord, our master, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for your son, his life, death, and resurrection. God, we thank you for the free gift of salvation you offer to us through Jesus. We rejoice in that. Having gotten what we don't deserve, not getting what we do deserve, you have rescued us from sin and death and brought us into life with you. So as we live for you in all that we do, would you help us to set aside the other competing things in our lives, the the, the things that we're worried about, the things that we idolize, the things that we put our time and our energy into, and God, instead, would, would you help us to entrust the one who judges justly? Would you help us to put our faith in Jesus alone? And then help us to live for him in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen.